Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> And welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Oh, Sounding a little Sid, nasally, a little, a little nasally. nasally over there, Justin. A little nasally, a little congested. Yeah. Oh, golly. It's been a rough, it's been a rough couple weeks at Casa de McElroy, yeah. friends. That's, uh, you may have noticed we didn't have an episode out last week because we have been struck by illness. And we're okay. Yeah, I have. Well, let me clarify though. I haven't. Oh yeah, you're you're um, you're. Living I have it an, up. an amazing immune system, basically almost like a super power. I think you could say yeah. like a superhero kind of. Yeah, it's because you work at a hospital, and and just think, kids, <laughs> for hundreds of thousands of dollars, this amazing superpower <laughs> could be yours. All you have to do <coughs> is dedicate. Uh, what did I? A third of my life ish yeah to my training um sink into six-figure debt and then you too you too can can be immune to colds that your husband and baby get yeah charlie and i got the same thing basically on the same day except i got it like three hours earlier (laughs) and i was feeling bad and i was like oh yeah here comes some baby time i'm gonna need to be babied uh i'm gonna need to snuggle up in a in a bed with some soup and just be pampered I need ramen. Gonna I be pampered. Need some yeah, and then three hours later, uh, Charlie started running fever. I was like, "Well, that's it. I, I hope I enjoyed my three hours of pampering because that's all I get." That and was then really, my body got a, better <laughs> right afterwards. The dad power. <coughs> so anyway, we didn't have a week uh, episode last week. Um, it's Sorry just been about that. Buck wild. And, Justin but, just couldn't. He's just he, he's very sensitive. You know, he's a very yeah. His constitution is very listen fragile. Fragile? No, uh, no. You know what it is? It's um, allopath allopathic medicine has let me down. Traditional medicine failed you. Traditional. You could say I mean, the osteopathic too. Like we're all in this together. It, traditional it failed medicine me. failed you. It has failed me and my daughter for the last time. It was okay when it was just me, but now it's come after my family. Traditional medicine has failed me. I'm going in 2017. Sawbones goes off the grid. No, to find no. the buck wildest. <laughs> not not Sawbones. Not Sydney. Sydney's staying right the here. The J Man uh, goes off the grid. What are you going to use? Uh, goji berries. Yes, superfruits. Definitely blueberry essence for sure. You're just naming berries. Is that all you have? Buck- you just have fruits and berries. That's all you're going to do. Buckwheat husks um, in my pillowcase for better sleep, more rested sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
um, air, fl- scented airs, different scents right. of air, scented air, uh, uh-huh. all that stuff. Um, silver. Uh, I once what silver? You want to use silver? Mm, you know, I once heard a tape that I got at my church about colloidal metals uh-huh. and how they're like way better for like vitamins don't do anything. Oh, and you need to. Take colloidal at your church. It wasn't like a church sponsored tape. Okay. It was we ha- used to have this <laughs> tape rack full of like inspirational uh-huh. messages, right? So it was like if you were struggling with something, you take a tape off this rack and listen to it. And it tells you to take a colloidal metal. No, I I used to take them and use them as blank tapes. I would I would record over <laughs> them with my music. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. But the one time I I yoinked one, and it instead of being like an inspirational message about um, Jesus and stuff. It was this guy just talking about colloidal metals, and it was a doctor just doing like a forty-five minute long talk about colloidal metals, and it was like fascinating. And I seriously listened to it like fifty times, except I don't remember any of the the details about it. Right. So okay, I would love to hear this tape again, but I can never, I can never well, find it. But I was, I didn't know how to get colloidal metals, but I knew they were the only thing that was going to save me. Well, how about instead of that, uh, I give you thirty minutes of a doctor telling you why you shouldn't. Well. Sid, that's not a great deal, but keep going. So why don't we talk about colloidal silver mm-hmm. and, and a little bit about silver in general? Because it's, I mean, it's pretty hot. It's pretty, pretty trendy. Pretty expensive. It's right underneath gold, as far as I know. Well, let me, we'll get there. Silver and um, gold, silver and gold. A lot of people wanted us to talk about this. Um, a lot of people were sending me pictures of blue people and asking me to talk about it. And I'll get to why they were blue. So thank you, Jessica and Miriam and Stephen and Ashley and Chris and Kristen and Elizabeth and Greg and Caitlin and Sarah and Maureen and David and Adam and Katie. And there were even more who tweeted and sent Facebook messages. Everybody wants to know what the deal is with silver. So the use of silver in medicine actually does date back to ancient times just as all of the websites that tell you to use silver as medicine (laughs) will insist. They're correct. Uh, The Greeks and the Romans both believe that silver had cleansing powers of some kind for food and drink. And in light of that, they would often use silver vessels to store food or, or water, or the Romans often stored wine in them because they thought it kept it more pure, more clean. Uh, Plenty. Our old buddy, Pliny the Elder, he advised uh, not just storing food and drinking it, but actually applying it to wounds. He thought that if you included it in like a plaster that you were applying to a wound, like a bandage kind of situation Mm. that you were applying to a wound, it would help it heal faster if you put silver somewhere in there, Mm -hmm. somewhere up in the mix. During the plague years, silver was thought to be especially helpful in, again, uh, warding off the plague, whatever... It was, I mean, I know what it was, you know, germs, but germs, right, right, but like they didn't know that, whatever the plague, whatever miasma or bad air, or whatever they thought the plague was, they thought silver was pretty good at warding it off, and so again, they would eat off silver plates and use silver utensils, especially the very wealthy uh well, they I assume silver was slightly easier for them to come by, right, well, exactly, yeah. But it was also, I mean, it was specifically chosen. I mean, if you're very wealthy, you have a variety of precious metals you could make your plates and forks and whatnot out of. Mm-hmm. You would choose silver because it was thought to have this power, this germ fighting before we knew that they were germs power. So what did we think they were fighting? 
Just like something sickness, bad. something. Yeah, well, yeah. like like I said, maybe miasma, like the the idea that there was bad air, like you know. Yeah. Um, and this is this may be part of where we get like the phrase "born with a silver spoon." Oh, in oh. although although there were a couple different like sayings that supposedly came from the use of silver and from some of the complications of it and. it's with anything yeah i think with a lot of like those kinds of expressions it's never a hundred percent well i'm sure it is sometimes but most of the time i think it's not a hundred percent clear where it came from there's certainly a lot of connotations connecting silver to purity i think Mm -hmm. that um and wealth yeah it kills it kills werewolves like it probably you know it it was often no like silver the idea of like having silver items Mm -hmm. i think has more of a um, spiritual connotation than like gold, I think, for example. Right. I, I get that. It's good for binding vampires up, according to yes, True Blood. Yes, yes, yes. That, right. that too. Sure. Um, what can it do? <laughs> Kill germs. Well, yeah. Cure most disease or right. any. But uh, pioneers used to put silver coins in their water jugs uh, as a way to try to prevent any con- kind of contamination. Again, before really knowing what they were preventing, like just stick some silver in there. Um, same thing uh, in milk jugs. It was very common that you would want to stick a silver dollar in your milk jug. How much did milk cost in these times? <laughs> does that, I mean, does that, is it just fat rolled into the cost? Well, or? I'm assuming this is the milk silver dollar. Like you keep it. It's your one. Right. Hezekiah, did you throw up that milk? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Hezekiah, did you get the silver coin out of the milk? Uh, no, darling, I didn't. I'm sorry. That's a specific. It's like that. It's like that box of you know baking powder, baking soda, not powder, baking soda that's in the back of your refrigerator. Yes, like you're not right. going to use it for baking soda purposes. Poor baking soda, man. If you get <laughs> open, you like think, man, they're going to put me in cake. They're going to put me in bread. I want to be so useful. They bring you home, finally get you off the shelf after months of waiting. You're like, yeah, time to be put to use. And they tear you open and put you in the fridge. That's got to be so because you've gone from like being very useful to like, oh man, I'm just going to absorb stink for can months. I, can I can I ask? It's a rough in what life. World do you buy a box of baking soda anticipating that someday you're going to put it in your fridge doesn't everybody just move into a new house buy a box of baking soda stick it in the fridge and then forget why they ever put it in there find it when you move out and throw it away you're looking at me like I'm going to help you with this and you've come to the wrong rodeo my dear (laughs) no what you do is you write a date on it and it's three months after you install it and then you replace it does your wife notice apparently (laughs) she does not after 10 years of marriage she does not apparently I thought we had the same one in the fridge that we've always had in there that's why when you open our fridge you don't get overwhelmed by visible stink lines because I put the time in. That's not a medical thing, but someday I'm going to look up how, how effective those really are. Very, very effective, Sydney. They wouldn't advertise it if... The, oh, no. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> Again, this was kind of thought to purify the water, keep it clean. So from all of these uses of silver, mainly for like food and drink-like purposes, um, in the 1800s and or late 1800s and early 1900s, we start to see like an expansion of what we think silver is good for. So uh, one use in particular is uh, for newborns whose mothers may have had certain uh, sexually transmitted infections, especially like gonorrhea. Uh, there was concern that they could have different infections of their eyes, uh, the babies when they were born. And so silver eye drops were actually put in newborns' eyes to help prevent 
complications from different illnesses. That sounds problematic. Not necessarily. Okay. That's not that's not what I you know we use in our hospital today, but some places in the world that could still be in use huh. actually. Okay. Um, silver salts in nasal sprays were very common for different cold allergic complaints, anything that affected you, um, made you have a runny nose or <coughs> cough or congestion or anything like that. Huh. Uh, <laughs> wound dressings, it was very common to put silver, just as Pliny had recommended, in wound dressings. Um, and in World War One, silver was often used er- in, the bo- in the battlefield to dress wounds. I'm I'm pro can you clarify something? And please if 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 I'm getting ahead of you, please let me know. But like mm-hmm. do we have uh, like with mercury, I know like exposure to that um is is not great. Mm-hmm. Is it a spoiler to ask you if like exposure to mercury is the same kind of dangerous or has the same sort of dangers? You mean to silver and there is a danger to silver, yes. Yes, yes. but not not the same as mercury, as you're ah. gonna see. Uh, it is not as dangerous. As mercury. When I think about liquid metal, I just, I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, it's best not to ingest it. But um, putting it on topically was not necessarily always dangerous. Was it effective? Often, no. History will be the judge of that. But but was it it dangerous? No. And, I mean, it was commonplace for surgeons to use silver sutures for all these reasons. Dang. To have silver impregnated sutures. I know why silver is so expensive because these old time <laughs> people were just like throwing it around. Putting huh? it in everything. Putting it in everything. Uh, Used it all up. There were all kinds of health tonics you could buy too. Big, you know, bottles of various mixtures of, you know, patent medicine standards. Things like, you know, opium and cocaine and alcohol right. and all that stuff that makes and you feel good. And also silver. Also silver. Um, <laughs> especially for, again, for gonorrhea, for... <coughs> epilepsy for stomach disorders for colds there were lots of different silver based usually liquid medicines that you could drink uh for these things Hmm. um now in the 1940s with the antibiotic era we came up with the idea of fighting infections you know effectively effectively (laughs) so so the use of silver kind of declined because these were all thoughts to like keep you healthy killed germs before we knew there were germs and then even after we knew there were germs um but then that became unnecessary with antibiotics uh but that the use of silver for different medical reasons did not die off um we kind of saw this spike again uh in the with like the search for more natural cures that kind of started maybe we could say in like the 70s and then pervaded in the 80s and then by the 90s silver was kind of a thing again it was back Mm -hmm. in fashion um and you even see like in 2003 there was a clothing line of different kind of lingerie and sportswear that had silver ions in it to help prevent odor and bacterial growth in Mm -hmm. your clothes um colloidal silver the silver that everybody's talking about became really popular again in the 90s as a cure-all of of sorts and when we say colloidal silver what we really just mean is like water with silver ions floating in it okay so that's what i'm really talking about does it take a lot of silver to make that you can put different amounts in it okay a lot of a a lot of the people we're going to talk about made it themselves Mm. um so it's advised of course for infections uh 
And this is based on, I don't think I've said this yet, this is based on the fact that um, there were studies done in labs, so in vitro, meaning in labs, that uh, showed that silver can kill bacteria when directly exposed to bacteria. Uh, so we discovered bacteria, we put silver on them, it killed them, and we went, yes. Did it. We have a cure. <laughs> now... Not everything that you can do in a lab is easily replicated in the human body, as we've said before. So uh, as, I'll, as I'll get to at the end, that this becomes problematic. But that's based on those early studies and then these ancient uses of silver. We see people advising it for everything. Infections, for general wellness, just keep yourself healthy and infection-free by taking silver. Um, all those usual vague claims, but also for things specifically like herpes. Silver became a very popular recommendation for herpes in the Yikes. 90s, for diabetes, for tuberculosis. What? For HIV. In the 90s? The 1990s? In the 1990s for HIV and for cancer. No. It's where you... Well, you already lost me, actually. You didn't, you didn't lose me with cancer. You already <laughs> lost me. Um, it's now... By now, you'll find people who promote silver for the cure of 650 diseases. I'll, I'll be honest. In all our cure-all listings, <laughs> I don't think we've ever gotten past like two dozen. I, I'll be honest. I'm a physician, and I, you know, I went to medical school. I don't have like a list of diseases. Like there was no point in history or in, in my medical training where I had to like memorize like here are all the diseases. Now memorize them. I don't know that there's 650. <laughs> well, there's a lot of fragmentation. You know, they don't just say a cold. There's like a really bad cold, a summer cold, a kind of bad cold that you get over. You know, you got to break it up. I mean, if we're talking ICD-10 codes, there are thousands. So like way more of those, but I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, these were probably based on studies where they killed various bacteria and viruses in the lab. Um the reason that everybody's uh, argument, the reason I don't want to give you silver and I would rather give you penicillin is because Big Pharma pays me to do that. I can assure you Big Pharma has never called me and asked me to prescribe you penicillin or any other antibiotic. <laughs> um, there was so much of this that in 1999, the FDA issued a final rule on colloidal silver establishing that, and this is a quote, all over-the-counter drug products containing colloidal silver ingredients or silver salts for internal or external use are not generally recognized as safe and effective and are misbranded. <laughs> Many OTC over-the-counter drug products containing colloidal silver ingredients or silver salts are being marketed for numerous serious disease conditions, and the FDA is not aware of any substantial scientific evidence that supports the use of OTC colloidal silver ingredients or silver salts for these disease conditions. But what about blue people, Sydney? Well, people still, I, people don't like to listen to authority. So taking silver supplements are is still very popular. And chronically, if you continue to ingest silver, well, here's the thing. Your body doesn't really need it. Right. There are lots of trace, you know, elements and, and and materials that we need very small amounts of in our body iron well, yeah that's a metal well, we we need more of that that's not trace but there are lots of things that we only need a little bit of silver's not that we don't need it you Ni don't need silver niacin <laughs> yes one? we need that we need that yeah, one but that's an amino acid right no dang <laughs> it's a Man. vitamin it's a vitamin uh but we we don't need silver so it's just going to accumulate in your body where does it accumulate? Mainly in your skin. Yeah. When enough silver deposits in your skin, you're going to start to change colors. You're going to start to look kind of grayish, 
kind of bluish if you continue this. This is a condition called argyria, and it is from taking primarily from taking silver supplements. In the early 1900s, some people who were already doing this were actually in in freak shows at the time uh, where they would travel as the blue man. You know, G- not the group. Group, no, the blue man no, group. I, I do not think they have Argeria. I do think they paint themselves that color. Some of them have Argeria. No, I'm pretty sure it's that they just sad. apply paint. They use externally. So they used a lot of silver <laughs> drums and silver percussive equipment. It's not drums, of course. That you know those guys. They're always <laughs> tubes, whatever's around. But they were all silver, and they all turned blue, and that was how the first. They, they used to be just we called the man group. A lot of people didn't know that. <laughs> and then the blue happened. Uh-huh. Those are the original guys, though. Right. Everybody else is a pretender of the throne. If you want to be legit, the, if you want uh-huh. to be like taken seriously, if you want, like if you, at the conferences, because right. this is hard to hear, Sydney. Okay. Listen, you should sit down. Okay. There's more than one blue man. <laughs> uh, yeah, Barnum and Bailey Circus. Yeah. Which is over soon, right? Soon, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's leaving. I think there was there was a blue man who famously traveled with uh with the circus in, in back when they had freak shows, and one they he had one of the worst cases ever of Argeria, very very blue. That that's all I mean by that. He was just quite blue, just quite blue. Um, they diagnosed it at Bellevue in 1923 on autopsy, where they kind of figured out how this happened. Um, there was also one in the Coney Island Circus. Uh, who was named Captain Fred Walters, who initially took a silver nitrate for some sort of neurological condition. But then when he realized that he turned blue and he could tour with freak shows to make money, he kept taking it, you know, to get bluer. Sydney, I got to hear about more blue people. I'm going to tell you about more blue people. But first, Justin, why don't you come with me to the billing department? Let's go. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. 
Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. The three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a hoard of precious golden rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventures? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say, us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons and Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the bit. I, I, <laughs> I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective <laughs> against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroys. We host the Adventure Zones, a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. <laughs> Sydney, I demand to hear about more blue people. Okay, so another another unfortunate victim of uh, drinking silver was Rosemary Jacobs. Back in the 1950s, as an 11-year-old girl, she was prescribed silver-containing nasal drops. That was a very common preparation of silver back in the day, were nasal drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, and often used for things like allergies and chronic sinusitis. Uh, she used them just as the doctor prescribed for years, uh, just as needed, and it turned her skin kind of a silvery gray, which it still is to this day, despite um, uh, treatments that she's she's had to try to kind of uh, peel off the silver layer uh, mm-hmm. that have not been completely successful. Now, uh, Miss Jacobs uses this as a platform to speak out against the dangers of unregulated alternative medications uh, because she was following her doctor's orders. So, so uh, the, just one, one more reason to be suspicious of non-evidence-based medicine. Uh, now, uh, many of you sent me pictures to inspire this topic of a guy who was blue. And those pictures are of Paul Carrison. Um, he, you, you, if you have seen someone with Argeria, this is probably the gentleman you've seen because he He's has the poster boy. an impressive beard. And he, uh, an impressive white beard, and he is quite blue. Go on. So many people have called him, not me, 
but on TV have called him Papa Smurf. Right. Sydney, right. that's you're a physician, right? That's horrible. I I didn't call him that. He was called that. He was on like the Today Show, this and they man. called him that, and that was not me. Tut tut. tut uh, he tut. had a um, skin infection and um, some dermatitis and some other skin conditions. He did a little reading, figured out that uh, silver was this alternative medicine that you know doctors don't want you to know about. So he made a salve for his face out of silver, and he also made a, his own homemade tonic out of distilled water, silver, and salt, and drank it, and turned blue. But he did insist that it cleared up all of his skin conditions. Except for one, which is having blue skin. Now, another famous... Wait, before you go on, I have a question. Yeah. The, okay, so... I'm getting kind of conflicting reports from you, and I need you to clear it up for me. Mm -hmm. If you stop taking the silver, mm -hmm. will your skin change back? No, this is often a permanent condition. So why did my guy, the captain, Captain Fred, keep pounding the silver? Well, one, the more you take, the more impressive the color will be. Impressive. It, well, the more... <laughs> the more vibrant, the perhaps. more vibrant. Um, look at that! Whoa, he's honey, very hey, blue. Hey, he's hey, quite blue. Look at this jiggle. What an impressive <laughs> hue of blue you are, sir! You really knocked my socks off. The other thing is that even though, <coughs> even though this is often an irreversible condition, it could fade somewhat with time. So it's not really like a like you're not. It's not like. And actually, like an accumulation of silver, right? No, it's like, a deposition of silver in your tissues. But you just don't process it, like because no, you don't know you're how. Not, no, your body. Okay. We're not made to. That makes sense, right? That makes sense. It's good. It's a good clue. It doesn't belong in your body when you're not made to process it. Yeah, just putting that out there. Uh, another guy who turned himself blue, uh, drinking an unapproved uh, homemade silver-based antibiotic, was Stan Jones. Now, an this unapproved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like all those FDA approved homemade silver in the way. Listen, the FDA has really gone off the rail. <coughs> this looks good. Yeah, what's that in there? Silver? <laughs> Rubber stamp. Uh this if if you've heard of Stan Jones, he was a he is a libertarian from Montana who ran for the Senate. And did not win. He actually ran for like multiple positions in Mon in Montana in the government. He ran for like governor and he ran for the Senate. And I mean, he he he. I don't think he is running in any races more recently, but mm -hmm. throughout the two thousands, he ran multiple times for different uh, government offices. Um, he did not win the Senate race, a Senate race, but he probably had an effect on it. I guess he, as a third party kind of candidate probably tip the scales uh, in the direction of the Democratic candidate. So mm -hmm. he's credited with influencing, if not winning, <laughs> a Senate race. Uh, he, back in 1999, he became very worried about Y2K, which of course was what was thought to be the apocalyptic end of humanity when all of the computers got confused because we went from 1999 to 2000 and they didn't know how to cope with it. And Right. Anyway. Uh, he thought that the world was going to end and we were going to need to learn how to take care of ourselves. And part of that was going to be making our own medicines. So he started making himself a homemade silver antibiotic. <laughs> uh, he did it by charging two silver wires in a glass of water, releasing silver 
ions into the silver particles into the water. Um, he initially was making it anticipating that he would stockpile it and use it in case of infection. Mm-hmm. But then as he did more reading, he found that people recommended it for general wellness and, and health. So he just started drinking it every day. We need a different word for reading on the internet <laughs> is the thing. We, we, we really shouldn't call it reading. <laughs> as he started slurping, I <laughs> slurping. I don't know. Ingesting information on the internet. Trolling information. On uh-huh. the internet. He, he didn't. Now here's the thing. So he's drinking silver water uh, he does not realize, or at least this is what he said, he didn't realize that he had turned blue until he was participating in a Senate debate in 2002. And after it was over, a reporter came up to him and said, are you okay because you look really blue? Uh, he didn't know, so he went and he saw a doctor and then from there was diagnosed with Argeria from drinking homemade silver. Uh, I believe that did not stop him. He continued to drink silver, and it kind of became part of, in addition to being a political candidate, what he was known for. Oh, he's that blue guy. <laughs> um, yeah, and then also, um, uh, I did a quick Google, uh, because I've been Googling all these people to see how blue we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I've been giving them little ratings in my head on blueness. Um, and uh, my guy is still, uh, still uh, endorsing it and getting out there and spreading the world and... Uh, just let letting people know about how great this stuff is. What's the argument that we're supposed to be blue? What? I mean, what's the argument there? You drink something, it it's turns you blue, him. and so then what do you say? Like he's blue, but he feels great. Well, but obviously, we humanity was meant to be blue. Um, in addition to turning you blue, uh, there have been instances of colloidal silver ingesting colloidal silver, causing things like neurological problems, kidney problems liver problems that's not as common i'll be honest and in terms of how dangerous is it it's not it could be dangerous but for most people it's just gonna turn you blue now the flip side of that is it also won't help you in any way so you will just be sick and blue reason yeah you you and you will not be healthy and blue you'll be sick and blue um now there are uses uh we do use silver somewhat in medicine there are silver dressings uh for wounds specifically for burns that are still used today i've ordered them in my career um silver sulfadiazine Mm -hmm. is the the form of it it's not colloidal silver but it's form of silver um uh, that we can put in on wounds to help try to prevent bacterial growth because as i said like in labs, silver can be used to kill bacteria. It's just when we have tried to reproduce those studies by dumping it into humans, we've never seen those same results, which happens. Um, we also use silver nitrate on wounds, which I've talked about before. It's another kind of form of silver that we can use for wound healing and debridement, but um, or to stop bleeding. But again, what's um, debri- debridement uh, for dead tissue that we want to kind of get rid of. Mm. Um, although it can be somewhat corrosive to the skin, mm. uh, and it can also stain your skin, as we've already talked about with silver. And it was really um, worrisome to me as I was reading about this, the evidence for using these things that I use, that we use in medicine, actually isn't as strong as I thought it was. Uh-oh. Especially silver dressings, which I thought were kind of, obviously, these work. Um, there have been some studies that have questioned if they're any more effective than placebo. At, at preventing bacterial growth. So 
Now, some studies say they are, but some studies waver on that. So, And that's something we use in medicine today. So I thought that was really interesting. Now, yeah. again, we have no evidence they're harmful. We just don't necessarily. Anyway, we've investigated it for other uses. We've tried to coat like endotracheal tubes, things we use for ventilation, like when we intubate somebody. We've tried to coat those with silver to prevent pneumonias that can happen. Um it hasn't we haven't really seen success with that yet. We've tried it with urinary catheters uh, that we you know insert if somebody needs a catheter. Mm-hmm. That didn't work. It just made really expensive catheters. Uh, Russian space programs have tried it to keep water sterile. Um, it's been used in some water filtration and sewage systems around the world. There's some evidence that it might be helpful in some of those like bacteria fighting environments. Um, and they have tried giving patients uh, silver acetate. This is actually something you would ingest for smoking cessation, but they never saw any effect from that. Um, here's the, the skinny on silver. Just don't take it. You don't need it. Your body doesn't need it. We don't use it. We have real medicine. Um, Cut it out. Using antibiotics judiciously is certainly very important because they are overused and there is a danger that bugs become resistant and they won't be as effective. Silver is not the answer, everyone. Just use your antibiotics smarter. Just be better stewards of antibiotics. Don't don't take silver, please. Listen, I, th- I know during this episode, it may have sounded like I was making fun of people with Argeria. And I just want to say, I am not making fun of anyone who was actually prescribed by a real doctor because they were tricked. But if you read about it on the internet or from your friend's <laughs> friend or whatever, I am in fact making fun of you because you're fine. You're just blue because you you did something that is inadvisable. I'm not making any character judgments about you. I am just making fun of you for being blue. And I'm sorry for that. Please stop drinking silver, stop everyone. Drinking silver. Please stop drinking silver. This one's not even that hard. No. A lot of health things are hard. Just don't drink silver. If something turns you blue, it probably is not the answer. Um, that's going to do it for us, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this is probably going to be our last reminder of this, but we are going to be on the Jonathan Colton cruise. Uh, that is March uh, 4th through March 11th. Um, we're going to go to a bunch of different ports of call at Cabo San Lucas and an overnight land festival at Loretto? Loretto? I don't know. It's I'm I'm really looking forward to it. There's a ton of great people on the um, ship besides just us. Who cares? Uh, well, I care about Sydney, but not me. And our um, daughter. And our daughter, the She's Chuckster. Great. Welcome to Night Vale. Nerf Herder. Um, uh, 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 Max Timken, creator of Cards Against Humanity. Rebecca Sugar is a new ad, creator of Steven Universe. Are you kidding me? I'm Justin's flipping gonna out. gonna lose his mind. Flip it. You're gonna lose your mind. Well, I am too, but we're all you lo- more so. Yeah, collectively. Yeah, we'll be you're gonna geek out even more. Um, but it's gonna be great. And you, there are still, believe it or not, there are still uh, 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 some cabins available. Very limited though. Go to jococruise.com, J O C O cruise.com, and uh, uh, get on board, literally. That's my new tagline. Right, because it's a boat. Thanks for the taxpayers <laughs> for letting us use our song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Thank you to all our sponsors. Thank you to you for listening. Sorry about missing a week, but it's life, you know? Say la vie. We'll be better. We'll be better. <laughs> like isn't healthier like you know we're we're getting there but uh, until next week my name is Justin McRoy I'm Sydney McRoy and as always don't drill a hole in your head
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.